2: Easily cash me out. There you
0: go. <laughs> nice. Harden spins into the wow. door. Great defense by the rookie out of Arizona State. Another ferocious land oh. by
2: Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Justin, where the Oklahoma City Thunder take game two of the mini-series against the Minnesota Timberwolves in dramatic fashion, 120 to 118. Before we dive into all that this game had to offer, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomTownHoops.com. If you don't already, please... Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. It means a ton. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And I got to say, Taylor, our boy, has been putting together some fire for the YouTube channel. Some highlight videos. If a Thunder Player ever has a really big game, you can believe the YouTube channel will have the highlights. Go check it out. Subscribe there. You can also tune into our live streams at the YouTube channel. Uh, interact with us. We have a lot of fun. Those are every Sunday night, with the exception of this Sunday because there's a little game tomorrow, a little football game. You may be aware of it, uh, y'all. Y'all in the states like to call it the Superb Owl. That's going on tomorrow night. So the live stream will be 2 p.m. Central Time, Sunday afternoon, instead. A little afternoon matinee show for you. We're not going to leave you high and dry just because there's a football game. We're still going to live stream. We're still going to talk thunder. So if you're listening to this before 2 p.m. Sunday, come join. It's going to be fun. Okay, now we have to talk about this game. My goodness, what a game. What a game. (laughs) Just absolute insanity. I'm going to do my best to make sense of this, but in all honesty, if you didn't watch the game, it was a nonsensical game. You cannot take away from this game, from the uh, counting stats, from the stat sheet, it's not going to do it justice. So I hope I can do it some small amount of justice with this podcast right out of the gate. The Thunder have an absolutely absurd lineup change last night against the Timberwolves. The Thunder basically played without all their starting guards. Um, <laughs> Shea was out. Lou was out. Maladon was a late scratch, which led to a lot of weird lineups and a really weird game last night. Well, today it was announced that Shea, Lou, Teo all available. However, Al Horford would be out. Isaiah Roby would be out. And Darius Baisley would be a game time decision. So the Thunder went from playing uh, no guards last night to no big guys tonight. Uh, thankfully, Baisley was introduced as the starter on the floor, and that was the first that any of us heard that he was going to start. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but we got to see Bay's out there, uh, one of the few large men for the Thunder tonight. For the most part, it was a guard showcase and a Mike Miscala showcase. But we'll get to that in a minute First, let's break into how this game started. Uh, 8-0 run to start the game may sound familiar if you watched Friday night's game, uh, in which the Thunder also got out to an 8-0 lead. However, this time, the Thunder just kept that pedal all the way to the floor with one of the most absurd first halves in Thunder history. Nay, the most absurd first half in Thunder history. The highest scoring first half. In Oklahoma City Thunder franchise history, 83 points. 83 points. Unbelievable. This team scored 80 points against the Pelicans on New Year's Eve for an entire game, and they dropped 83 in the first half tonight. If you didn't get to watch the first half of this game for some reason, I beg you, go find it somewhere. Go find not just the highlights, go watch the first half in its entirety. It was beautiful. It was so much fun watching these young guys, Baisley, Dort, Maladon, Kenny Hustle, SGA, Mike Muscala, Hami, Jackson, Miller, just top to bottom, everybody that played in that first half was hitting it and was looking unbelievable. The Thunder looked unstoppable. 43 points in the first quarter, 40 points in the second quarter, dropping buckets all over the place. It felt like the basket was 10 miles wide. Muskie was out of his mind. 22 points in the first half for Muskie. 22 points, 7 of 12 from the floor. Absolutely absurd half of basketball for Mike Muscala, which was cut short, tragically, by an elbow to the face. Uh, he, he took an elbow to the face early in the second half and never came back. And the Thunder missed him. If he, if he had been able to continue what he did in the first half, the second half would have looked a lot different. But the first half, the Thunder, I, just absolutely unbelievable. Some of that is that the Timberwolves suck. If you if you listen to Friday Night's podcast, you heard Jacob say that a lot. and he And he's not wrong. And tonight, they were without D'Lo. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. No D'Lo for the Wolves tonight, which is going to hurt, obviously. But it didn't hurt that bad. The Thunder just looked incredible. The ball movement was on point. So many great drives and kicks by this team. They're getting really good at driving the paint, sucking the defense in, and then kicking out to the open shooter. And amazingly, they've got some good shooters this year that can hit it.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Down 12 of 33 from behind the arc tonight. Uh, that number was way higher in the first half, but still not a bad, bad number overall. But this team was making good passes. They were moving the ball, and they were having fun. This team looked so fun. I think having Shea and Lou back in that starting backcourt really kind of energized this team. They came out fiery. And that translated to buckets, that translated to points, it translated to ball movement, it translated to elevating their teammates, where everybody looked like they had an extra pep in their step tonight. And I think that that starts with this team's leaders, which I think is uh, definitely fair to say that Shea Gilgis-Alexander falls in that category.
1: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits.
2: Now, the one negative, if you want to pull a negative out of a first half where you score 83 points, which is hard to do, uh, the Thunder gave up 38 points in the second quarter. So yes, the Thunder scored 40, so <laughs> you can't be too mad, but they gave up 38 in the second quarter, and I think what, what stings about that looking back at the game after the fact is that if the Thunder had been able to apply a little bit of like mild defensive pressure in that second quarter, this game's never close. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened in this game. The Thunder go into halftime with a big lead. 83 points. You think, okay, they're cruising. I think Taylor Taylor tweeted at me and almost jinxed it tonight. So we have a running joke that I cover every Thunder blowout loss. Like everyone, it feels like I'm the one who has to tweet about it and pot about it. (laughs) It becomes a unique challenge to continue to find things to say about blowout losses. Taylor goes, well, looks like your streak is over. Um, And then the next thing you know, in the second half, the Timberwolves have the lead. And honestly, the Timberwolves look like they're going to go win the game. So how do we get there? The third quarter, the Thunder were outscored 32 to 13. They scored 83 points in the first half and 13 in the second quarter. 13 points in the second quarter, and most of those came in the second half of the quarter, which is even more wild to think about. They, they were held to three points for the first five minutes, almost six minutes of the second half. Three points for the, almost the first half of the third quarter. Unbelievable. Uh, what, how did that happen? Um, it was a combination of OKC finally falling back to earth on their shots, uh, Muskie leaving the game with an elbow to the face. And then Minnesota, I think suddenly realized at halftime that the Thunder didn't have a center, um, which made a big difference in the rest of this game. Credit to the Timberwolves for making an adjustment. I don't know how you don't try this strategy sooner, um, but basically, Nas Reed, uh, I don't blame you if you don't know who Nas Reed is before tonight, but Nas Reed looked like Akeem Olajuwon incarnate. He came out and scored the first 13 points for the Timberwolves in the third quarter. And they were easy. They were at the bucket. They were just drop it in the basket. No defensive pressure, no defensive resistance whatsoever. He was eating. He finishes with 29 points off 12 of 21 shooting tonight. He was feasting, feasting on the lack of size for the Thunder. Because with Horford out, I mean, the Thunder already don't really have a true center. Horford's out. Muskie goes to the locker room. Who's locking down the paint? Baisley? Kenrich Williams? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Miller? Jackson? I No. Nobody. The answer is nobody. And that's what was on full display in the second half for this Thunder team. Now, it got so bad, it got to the point where the Timberwolves even built up a lead. Not just that the Thunder let a giant lead evaporate, but the Timberwolves went up by six late in this game. The Timberwolves went up by six, and all of a sudden you thought, oh, oh, the oh, the Thunder are really going to lose this game. They're, they're actually going to lose. There's about eight minutes left in the first quarter, or fourth quarter, pardon me. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Timberwolves are up by six. And you think, okay, uh, I guess this is good for the tank. And yes, a loss would have helped the Thunder secure a better draft pick. But like, I don't know. You watch a game like tonight, and you watch what the Thunder did in the first half, and how much fun they were having, and how much their offense was clicking and how they were just putting it to the Timberwolves who are terrible that shouldn't happen I don't care if you're tanking or not that shouldn't happen this team should never have taken their foot off the gas and let the Timberwolves get back in it and if it had happened that they lost this game to the Timberwolves again tanking or not that's a disappointment, I think. I think that's a disappointment because for these young developing guys, you want to be able to see them develop, and that would be so disappointing to see them fall apart and lose a game to the Timberwolves, who are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And how it didn't happen is by one Shea Gilgis, Alexander, our boy Shea. ASG to SGA, well, uh, I got that backwards. SGA to ASG, that boy's an all-star, and he put it on display tonight. 31 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. You know how many of those 31 came in the fourth quarter? 13. 13 of the Thunder's 24 points in the fourth quarter came from Shea's hands. He was on a mission. He took over. The shakeover happened. And he is the reason the Thunder came out on top in this game. Not only was he putting in buckets, not only was he making smart plays, he also ended up guarding uh, Akeem Olajuwon Incarnate Nas Reed down the stretch on a few plays. So I mentioned who's going to shut down Nas Reed. Well, in the clutch, it was Shea. (laughs) That's unreal. Uh, Mark Dagnall was actually asked post-game about whether, you know, did Shea ask for that assignment? Was that something he was going after? Because that makes a heck of a narrative. Dagnall said no. They were just switching a lot, and Shea ended up on the ball a lot, which makes sense, and he ended up on Nas on a few possessions down the stretch, but he still, he came up big because Nas Reed was feasting. He was getting anything he wanted. He looks like me when I play my nephews on a seven and a half foot goal. That's what it looked like to be Nas Reed tonight, but Shea had a hand in that too. We've talked a lot on this podcast recently about how Shea has been really good in third quarters and struggled in the fourth quarter. He comes out hot at a halftime. Tonight, that narrative was kind of flipped. The third quarter for the Thunder overall was abysmal, but Shea came in and took over in the fourth. And this is something that I think we've been dying to see out of Shea. He's unbelievably smooth. He's unquestionably an incredible scorer. He he can get to the basket. He's shifty. He's tough to guard. He makes smart plays. But does it ever feel like he just goes off, like that he takes over a game, that his presence is felt and there's nothing the other team can do about it? I think we got our first glimpse of that tonight. He was cutting through double teams that Minnesota was throwing at him. He was driving the lane. He was just willing the ball into the basket on a few plays. There's one Ray at a scoop shot that it felt like it was gonna hit the front of the rim and be short. And I feel like it he just made it like crawl over the rim and into the basket. Felt like some Harry Potter nonsense out there tonight. Shea was in his bag, and it it was the sole reason the Thunder pulled out this win. If you've been waiting for a Shea takeover like we have tonight, your wish was granted. So we've talked about Muskie. We've talked about Shea. Who else did the Thundergate contributions tonight from? Uh, The answer is pretty much everybody. Uh, Kenny Williams, Kenny Hustle, uh, the shag master. That feels weird. Um, I do want to take a small aside. His haircut is a shag. It's not a mullet. It's a shag. Respect the shag. Ten points for Kenny Hustle. Five of ten from the floor. Maladone, 10 points. Lou Dort, 10 points. Baisley, 13 points. Diallo, 15 points. Solid outputs all around. This was a well-balanced scoring effort. And when you're shorthanded, the Thunder only played nine guys tonight. They had eight last night, so nine feels better. But they still only had nine players. You've got to have a balanced output. And the Thunder got that again tonight. Really strong effort from everybody. Felt like the team really was clicking on all cylinders, especially in that first half. Third quarter, not so much, but then led by Shea, they pull it back together in, in the fourth quarter, and it, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was an incredibly fun game. If anybody's upset that the Thunder won, like, eh, I don't know. It's not my team. Maybe Sam Presti's upset. Maybe the front office. I don't know. As a fan, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I like that. Let's dive into some Twitter questions. I'm going to keep it somewhat short tonight because, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, 2 p.m. tomorrow, live stream, group pod, covering the week that was and the week ahead. Don't miss it. First Twitter question from our own Kamiar at C C M. Why does Bayes make me sad? Well, Kamiar, it's because you see Bayes's potential. You know that he is no longer an intern. You know the bright future that lies ahead of him in this beautiful basketball world. But I don't know that we've been seeing it this season. It's disappointing. Uh, I think we've continued to see flashes. He has moments that are exciting. He he has brief spurts that feel like you get a glimpse of his potential. He started off the season really nicely. But overall, he's just not been the player that I think we'd hope to see. I think there's a lot of rational, logical reasons why that may be. You know, If you think about this guy's path to the NBA, could anything be less traditional? He didn't go to college. He did a New Balance internship. When he comes into the league, his rookie year, the league gets shut down for four months in the middle. Then you go to a bubble in Orlando, which is anything but normal. And then before your second season, you have no summer league, a shortened training camp, uh, truncated preseason and then you're right back into the season, which is a completely abnormal season from top to bottom. So if you want to talk about a guy having the strangest first two years in the league, I think Darius Baisley fits that bill. I think I think it's gonna take a little bit longer for him to adjust. I'm nowhere near ready to give up on him. I hope you aren't either if you're listening to this. And I hope you aren't either Kamiar, but I think I think his potential's still there. I think he's still Developing. I think he's still finding his footing, and I think that's going to take time. I hope we can continue to see growth out of him this season. I hope by the end of the season, we're not having these same conversations about Darius Baisley. Next, from at Smooth Shea, what do you think Mike Moscala's trade value is? Well, after tonight, uh, I think it's pretty much the same thing that the Thunder got for Paul George, right? No, I'm kidding. But Muscala's been really solid. Muscala's been a great role player for this team this season, and I think he's showcasing himself to the league that he should command some value on the trade market. I think, you know, does he command a first-round pick? I don't know. I I think it depends on how desperate the team is. I don't think it's completely inconceivable. Um, It may not be a straight-up Mike Muscala for a first-round pick, but I think there is a path... For the Thunder to receive a first-round pick in return for Mike Mascala, and that's a huge win if you're saying Presti. Second part of your question, Smooth Shea, is it possible that we may have seen George Hill's last game in an OKC uniform? That's a great question. Uh, Hill had thumb surgery. He's going to be re-evaluated in four weeks. I'd be surprised if they shipped him off before he played a game. I think that the league would want to see him... Uh, play after that thumb surgery to kind of make sure that he was a hundred percent. I think that you would want to make sure that, um, you know, that he, he's not going to have some lingering issues. I don't think it's that type of injury, but I think you'd probably uh, want to see that to make sure that that's the case. If, if you're a team that's trading for him, Um, I think regardless there's enough suitors out there that could use a George Hill, like maybe the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Celtics come to mind, that I think that he his time is limited. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we're nearing the end whenever he comes back, but I do think we will see George Hill in a Thunder uniform again. At Chatter OK asks, Who is still here next year? I would love to keep Muskie. He's quickly becoming a fan favorite. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Muskie the Husky has been in fuego. Looking at this roster, I think your your untouchables, Shea and Dort, the end. I think beyond that, there's a lot of guys that I could see returning for the Thunder team next season. Maladone, Kenny Hustle, Baisley, Hami, uh, Roby, those feel like safe bets to me unless there's a trade out there where they can get a solid asset in return for those or they need to put in some, you know, some good filler to make a bigger trade work. I think all those guys have shown a lot of potential beyond that. You know, the Millers, the Jacksons, uh uh I don't know. We'll see. We'll see for sure. I I wouldn't be surprised if some of them came back, but I think that Overall, you're gonna see, you're gonna continue to see turnover. That's the name of the game. Whether you're you're rebuilding or not, the NBA is about roster turnover. There are very few teams that man, maintain a heavily um, consistent roster throughout the years, and the Thunder will be no different. So don't get too attached. Don't go buy your musky jersey. If you do, make sure you get that jersey assurance. Uh, that, that way, you can get a new one just in case. Last questions questions of the night from at Black Dolphin Five. We got a lot. So we're gonna we're gonna power through these rapid fire style. Do we need to start resting Shea, Dort, and Bayes going forward in this season? I think this is in reference to tanking. Do we need to rest them to lose more games? Um <laughs> I think there's a point at which that becomes a real discussion. I think Shea and Lou in any other season don't sit out the games that they sat out with this injury. I think you'll continue to see very conservative Injury management moving forward? Will we see just like straight up load management style? We're going to sit you so we lose this game. I don't know. I don't know if we're to that point yet. Uh, What would be a moral victory? What would a moral victory be for the Thunder against the Bucks and the Lakers? A moral victory is it's all about player development. This season's all about player development. If you can see a guy take some strides. If you can see Shea, go up against the Bucks and the Lakers and be aggressive like he was against the Timberwolves, that's a win. If you can see Baisley get to the basket and finish, that's a win. If you can see Lou Dort continue to lock down elite defenders, that's a win. You see Tao begin to find more confidence, that's a win. Those are all moral victories, and I think all of those things, looking at the development of the young guys, that's what you can really get excited about, especially in the stretch coming up where the Thunder have to face a lot of tough teams. Do you think Shay will be this aggressive moving forward? Yes, I hope so, but I do think so. I think that we will continue to see Shay unlock a next level and hopefully will his team to greatness. Thoughts on the young players being aggressive and getting to the foul line. How can the young players keep this going for the rest of the season? This is a great question. The Thunder Went 16 of 20 from the line tonight. Compared to the Timberwolves 12 of 22. So it's not just getting the line. It's finishing at the line. The Thunder team. This Thunder team is a good free throw shooting team. 80% tonight. Uh, I think that they continue to have to be confident. Driving to the basket. And going up strong. And I think that that's been part of the Thunder's game plan. You've seen a lot of driving kick. But you've also seen a lot of strong drives to the basket. This team is good at driving. You watch Lou Dort drive the ball, the way that he kind of tucks the ball under his arm like a running back and gets to the basket. Those are the kind of moves that you need. And whether it goes in or whether you get a foul, that's a win. I think the Thunder team needs to continue to not be afraid of contact, put their head down, go to the basket. They'll be just fine. And last but not least, the final question of the night, is Hami trash or a role player? Hami is a role player on this team. I don't know what Hami's role looks like on a championship contending team, but I think Hami, he still has his moments of just like head scratchingness but he's taken a lot of development. Uh, You especially saw it last night. Yes, the end of the game is questionable, but throughout most of the game last night against the Timberwolves, game one, I'm referencing Friday night, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, he was solid. Ten assists? Hami doesn't get ten assists. It was his first assists double double-double ever. I think that shows a lot of maturity and a lot of growth for Hami. I hope we continue to see that. I hope he can continue to unlock a next level. I love Hami. He's a blast to watch. He's an energy spark plug wrecking ball. I hope he continues to hone that. I hope he continues to have a role on this Thunder team moving forward. That'll wrap it up for tonight. A wild, wild game in Oklahoma City where they score 83 points in the first half, 13 in the third, and come out on top by two points on the back of all-star, hopefully, future all-star, Shavante Gilgis Alexander. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Check us out. Content all over the place. Here to help you through this Thunder season. And don't miss the live stream tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We will be live podcasting, talking about last week, talking about next week, getting ready for the Super Bowl. It's gonna be a blast. Come check it out. I'm Justin. I'm on Twitter at OKC Tracker. Thanks so much for following along. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, drop a five-star review. Love you all. See you later.